This is Future Diaries, a podcast from the future, from the future. Welcome to Future Diaries, the podcast that transcends space and time. I'm Mike. And I'm Antonis, and we are your hosts. Mike and I are intertemporal gliders, bringing you stories from across the multiverse to inspire better presents and better futures. Today, Antonis and I are super excited to be welcoming Lisa back to the show. Longtime listeners will remember our previous conversation with Lisa, an intertemporal glider we introduced to our listeners last year, who traveled between universes along intertemporal highways of the mind. That's right, Mike. Our correspondence with Lisa has continued since the last time she joined us here on Future Diaries, and we've been particularly interested to share with you, dear listeners, a few things we've learned from Lisa about intertemporal gliding. You might recall that for Lisa, gliding entailed visiting alternate universes, not just speaking with people from them. In our correspondence with Lisa since then, she gave us some more details on how this works and even on how we might try it ourselves. What we didn't realize at the time was that Lisa and other gliders like her sometimes use a technology called Intertemporal Cognitive Augmented Reality, or ICAR for short, to facilitate visiting other universes. Since ICAR use is very common in some universes and less common or non-existent in others, it's probably worth explaining a bit about how the technology works. You're probably right. Okay, so if ICARs already exist in your universe, please bear with us for a moment while I try to explain for our other listeners. So here goes. As I'm sure some of our listeners already know, human thoughts and emotions generate signals that create a type of field. Other humans, and even the more than human living world, can sense these signals in this field, even if only imperfectly at times. You know what I'm talking about if you've ever walked into a room where a friend or loved one or even a stranger was sitting, and you could sense that something wasn't right with them, even if you didn't know exactly what was up. Of course, Every human's ability to sense or mask these signals is different, so messages aren't always sent and received accurately. Humans and some other species across the multiverse have created languages and other technologies, including prayer, storytelling, music, art, and meditation, to help amplify these fields. But not every human believes or speaks or sings or draws or thinks alike, so communication can be difficult. This is where iCars come in. ICARs can sense and amplify cognitive and emotional fields and then transmit them across space and time. My understanding is that CARs, that is, cognitive augmented reality technologies, were first developed as a means to help nonverbal humans communicate more easily with verbal humans. But CARs have so, so many more applications. Shortly after their invention, they were tuned to amplify other animals and other life forms' cognitive fields. And... The results have taken societies in some universes in entirely new directions. And once cars were combined with intertemporal communications technologies, the iCar was born, facilitating a type of travel between universes by connecting people's imaginations, emotions, and perceptions across space and time. Beyond that, though, I'm not exactly sure how iCars ended up spreading across time and space so quickly. It's taken a few months to get up to speed on how this all works and to start experimenting with iCars, but so far, my experience using them has been great. In fact, thanks to iCars, Antonis and I were able to meet in person, in a sense, for the first time. 
we're really excited because it means we'll be able to have guests from different universes sometimes join us in person, so to speak. And it also means we can connect with listeners in different universes more personally from time to time. All right, so hopefully that description of iCars made sense. And thanks for bearing with me. We're still thinking about other ways the technology might affect the future of our work as gliders, but we're really excited for all its potential. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. Thanks for explaining all that, Mike. That made sense to me. But then again, I've already started to become familiar with some of these technologies, so I might not be the best person to ask. Although the choice of cars as a term to describe the technology only adds to the confusion, as cars is also a term used to describe automobiles. I guess it's similar to the term computer, which used to refer to a person who did math for a living before its more modern meaning. So, dear listeners, please connect with us on Discord and let us know if that made sense or if it didn't. Either way, we'd love to hear from you. Honestly, learning about technologies and ideas from across the multiverse that you never could have imagined is my favorite part of my job. It's wild to think that life in some universes is so built around ICARS that it's almost impossible to get to work, socialize, and participate in society without them. Yeah, for example, I'll bet Lisa's multiversal research is so much easier and that the results are so much more reliable with ICARS. Yeah, I would imagine so. But I actually think Lisa is more into we cars than I cars. I guess we could ask her ourselves, though. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's a great point. And uh, I have even more exciting news for our listeners. Ooh, do go on. In addition to Lisa joining us today, we're also excited to be welcoming Dylan back to the show. Long-time listeners will remember Dylan, the human Sansevieria hybrid working with the kind folks on Titan on storytelling. Long-time listeners might also remember Lisa's interest in interspecies drag performances on Uranus because they blurred the lines between humans and other species. Perhaps unsurprisingly, when she heard our episode with Dylan, someone living as a multi-species hybrid, she contacted us to see if it would be possible to arrange a chat. We immediately thought that this sounded like an excellent episode of Future Diaries in the making. But um, Mike, are, are we are we forgetting something? Of course, Lisa's diary entry. Shall we have a listen? Absolutely. All right, let's roll. Dear Diary, it's hard to believe how fast time is flying these days. Since my last entry, pandemic conditions have continued to improve, even if they haven't been entirely resolved. We finally have vaccines, and most people are open to them, but some are still stubbornly refusing to get vaccinated. And as the virus keeps mutating, people are still getting sick. But it seems many folks have moved on mentally from treating the pandemic to like pandemic, and life feels like it's slowly getting back to normal. I've also been continuing my comparative multiversal research. I'm interested in expanding imaginations beyond simplistic human nature dichotomies. It's hard sometimes to distinguish between my social drive for contributing to public knowledge and my personal desire to continue existence shopping in different universes. iCar technology. What does that stand for again? 
intertemporal cognitive augmented reality. That's right. ICARS have made it so easy to devote my time and attention to other universes that it's easy to ignore my own sometimes. I've been disheartened at times about the advent of the ICAR. It's sad how large corporations and some more commercially minded universes have taken what was originally developed as a technology capable of connecting people and co-opted it for profit-driven ends. In earlier days in my research career, people wouldn't have even called intertemporal multiversal connection a technology necessarily. It was so much more about making a mental, emotional, and spiritual connection with the universe around you. But I have to admit, commercialized iCar devices have made intertemporal multiversal connections more stable and reliable. So there's certainly something to the more personal feeling they facilitate. Sadly though, they've also made it so much easier for companies and media outlets and political causes and everyone really to grab our attention and draw us in emotionally. It's overwhelming at times. It feels almost impossible to stay present in time and space. And honestly, that's what led them to getting big. Once corporations figured out they could monetize our attention, well, the technology really spread. But we're trying to make the best of it. And people across the multiverse are trying to develop more socially sustainable ways to connect intertemporally. I've joined a collective in Berlin, in my universe, for example, called We Cars. It teaches people how to train their consciousness to access other universes. After all, my first experience traveling intertemporally came from an intense emotional experience. But it wasn't until I learned to control and channel those experiences that I could choose where I wanted to travel. We Cars reduce the need to manufacture so many devices, but they require a serious time commitment and they might not be possible for everyone to master. Personally, WeCar has made my intertemporal research easier, which reminds me, I heard this really intriguing interview on one of my favorite podcasts recently with a human Sansevieria hybrid being. I've been meaning to reconnect with the Future Diaries crew anyway. I wonder if they could put us in touch. Welcome back to Future Diaries, Lisa and Dylan. We're so glad to have you both back on the show. Thank you. It's great to be back. Agreed. I'm looking forward to catching up. All right. The first question is actually for you, Dylan. As we just heard in Lisa's diary entry, iCars have been available in her universe for quite some time, even if people there don't always use them that often. We also remembered from last time you were on the show that the kind folks on Titan were able to sense what they called symbiotic information blockchains or storytelling emanating from Earth. This ability to sense meaning sounds similar to the technology behind iCars. So we were wondering, have iCars made it to your universe as well? Well, not exactly. Although it's true, at least some of the instruments the Titanians used to detect the fields of meaning human storytelling was generating might be able to be tuned to detect human ideas and emotions. There are some differences, though. For example, storytelling is always a relational process of meaning-making. 
whereas our individual thoughts and emotions are more the points of departure for that relational meaning making with others. But I'm curious now. I'll have to ask my Titanian engineer friends about iCars and get back to you. Those are great points on the differences between representing and presenting cognition on the one hand and the relational meaning-making processes of storytelling on the other. And selfishly, I have to say that we're all hoping iCar technology becomes available in your universe soon. It would be great to meet up in person, so to speak. All right, next question is for you, Lisa. So Mike and I first heard about iCars in your universe. Since this is a technology that seems to travel across the multiverse, do you have a sense of how it came to your universe? Well, before iCars, there were cars. And by that, I don't mean automobiles, of course, but cognitive augmented reality technology. How did that come to be? Well, as it is with everything, rich people being rich. It, it all started with this supposedly brilliant inventor, Jeffrey Tusk, trying hallucinogens for recreational use during an interview of his, uh, I guess you would call it uh, a podcast. It was sort of a dare from the interviewer. Long story short, he liked it so much that he decided to make that trip a reality of some sort. So he ordered his engineers to come up with a technology that would interpret the signals in a person's brain and convert them into a form that can be transmitted to other humans using a compatible receiving device. It was a difficult task, but we're really talking about the top engineers money can buy. I, I think I read an article about it costing something like $4 billion. Um, so yeah, they made it happen. And of course, Tusk took all the credit for their work. I don't even know their names. But anyway, it took them about, I don't know, uh, two, two, three years to make a working prototype. And it was presented as the answer to a question that was lingering for quite a while until that trip. How could we make communication between nonverbal and verbal humans possible? Well, with cars, it finally became a thing. The next step was natural. Intertemporal technology was already there for other purposes and it was developed through public research. So without a patent to block utilizing it, it was ready to be combined with cars. Cars took far longer than iCars. I think iCars took maybe nine months or so. I could see the value in using a device for communication between nonverbal and verbal people as it made it easier and quicker, albeit expensive. My problem, however, was that I was already doing it on my own before. The WeCar system I'm using now is a more popularized form of the way I was already connecting my consciousness to different universes. It's just that it took me years to master. Wow, that must have been really frustrating for you when iCars first started appearing in your universe, when you knew there was already another, more sustainable way to connect intertemporally. All right, next question is for you again, Lisa. Before the show, Andonis and I were talking to you about how positive our early perceptions and experiences of iCars have been. But in your story, you mentioned a few of the ways iCar use has contributed to individual and social problems in your universe. So what advice would you have for individuals and societies that are new to iCars? Wow. Where do I start? Uh, I think the crux is something I've been grappling with myself in terms of this whole multiple universe thing. To what extent do we owe the people and life forms in the universe we were born into? The iCar, or the we car that I personally use, allows me to travel into other worlds and expand the possibilities I can imagine in my world. But 
I can also flee my world to go live somewhere better, a place with fewer problems and more fun. But if everyone in my universe's earth fled to another earth, the problems in my home wouldn't be solved. And on a smaller scale, who would take care of my son? I've brought him in my wee car for short trips, but intertemporal gliding requires cognitive brain function that's possible only beginning in late puberty, if then. Wee cars shut out a notable population of those whose brain function doesn't allow intertemporal gliding. What justice issues are raised when those who are able to simply wish themselves a better existence, leaving the rest to clean up the mess? Um, that's just some of the questions that iCars and WeCars raise for me. And in terms of, of advice, I'm not sure I have much other than to think carefully about how you use them and how much a part of your life you allow them to become. Are they an escape or are they an augmentation and a complement to the life that you have in your universe? Okay, but I'm here because I want to talk to Dylan. I have a question for you, Dylan. Um, I originally took an interest in interspecies drag performance on Uranus in my universe because of the utopian visions they inspired about coexisting and even co-being with other species. In the diary entry transmission you shared last time on Future Diaries, you mentioned some practical reasons for becoming a human Sansevieria hybrid related to breathing and sleeping on the long voyage to Titan. And if I remember correctly, you also mentioned something about how the Titanians were preparing your body for survival on Titan before you arrived. But I was wondering, have you noticed any changes in your personality or sense of self since undergoing all these changes? What's different and what's the same in the way you perceive yourself and the world, even in your how you identify? What, what a thoughtful and deep question. I'll have to think about it for a minute. You know, a lot has really stayed the same in terms of my experience of being human, but then some things are very different. It's not as though I have memories of being a sense of air plant, but ever since we've become one hybrid being, I've felt more of a sense of uh, permanence or groundedness. I don't quite know how to describe it. And as for the additional updates the Titanians have made to my body and immune system since I arrived, well, it's not so different from how I felt getting a vaccine back on Earth. The only thing that has really changed is that I'm less fearful of picking up or spreading some pathogen my immune system had no previous exposure to. So it's reduced my anxiety quite a bit about interacting directly with Titanians. And as far as how it's affected my identity, well, it's a little odd. My reasons for merging with the Sansevieria plant in the first place were largely utilitarian. Those helped me sleep for longer periods and to get ready for a very long voyage. And I guess since the changes and mergers are entirely reversible, I always thought about being temporary. I suppose, like all relationships, there's a temporality to this one, too. But a human sense of air hybrid is who I am today. And, well, it feels pretty comfortable to me. That's so awesome. I'm also interested, though, in the political aspect of interspecies existence. After all, that's what brought drag to Uranus in the first place. It was a particular way to highlight differential treatment between species. So I was wondering... How are different species treated in your universe, particularly in terms of which species are considered sentient or not? What about interspecies hybrids? Do you see members of less favored species adopting features of more favored species to get better treatment, for example? 
That's another great question I've been wondering myself. I consider myself sentient, at least most of the time, and I'm still developing a sense of what is or what is not sentient, which is helped along by my body being hybrid itself. But I have been curious. Is there something like, I don't know, rock people walking around? And am I just unaware because, you know, to be honest, how would I know? Would their footsteps be a little bit heavier? Would they look like a rock? I don't necessarily look like a plant. I'm just a little greener than I used to be. And to think again, in my past life, prior to being a plant person, we were all hybrids to an extent, right? My body was already largely made of bacteria. And who is to say if I, as a, quote, sentient person, was ever making decisions at all? Maybe every decision I was making was just bacteria adopting my features to get better treatment, better food, for example. The more I mesh with my hybridity, the less I feel like me, and yet I like it more and more every day. Wow, that's, that's impressive to hear. I keep wondering now if, if um, beings that are not seemingly sentient, if they still have signals that could be interpreted by car or iCar technology, I should look into making a mode out of that. Anyway, um, I think our time is running up and, and uh, I would like to, I would like us to wrap this episode with what we always use as our final question. What do you hope our audience will learn from your story? I guess that goes to you, Lisa. Honestly, I just hope people across the multiverse will think carefully about the ways we use technology. Technology has the potential to connect us and reduce inequality and reduce the power and influence of the already connected. But it can also be co-opted for private gain and power creation. So to keep that in mind. Those are some wise words to end on. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you so much for joining us today, Listen, Dylan. Well, that will do it for this episode of Future Diaries. And to you, our listeners, if you appreciate what you're doing here on Future Diaries, please don't forget to become a patron at patreon.com slash future diaries. Your financial support does help ensure a stable connection for listeners in your universe. Future Diaries patrons in your universe also get exclusive benefits, including merch, early access to podcast episodes, and extra privileges on our Discord server. And be sure to join our Discord server, where we can build a community of Future Diaries together. Please also rate and subscribe to Future Diaries on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are distributed in your universe. You can also visit our website at futurediaries.show, where you can find additional content about us and the universes we come from, as well as subscribe to our newsletter, join our Discord server, and find other ways to connect with us here at Future Diaries. I'm Mike. And I'm Antonis. And we'll talk to you... In the future!